start with the nugget first. I think we've heard this one before, but uh, I just pulled it up anyway. It's not possible to focus on yourself. It's not possible to focus on yourself and stay in strong faith. It's not possible to focus on yourself and stay in strong faith. Well, that's, that's true. Get, focus on self, it's the I, me disease. Okay, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us has ears to hear, Father God, and Father God, that we will receive, Father God, the abundant blessing, Father God, from the Word. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for your Holy Spirit's leading and guiding us. In Jesus' name, amen. The week that's before us uh, is often called the Passion Week. It climaxes with uh, the Lord's crucifixion. And many special events took place within this time frame. So we're going to look at a few. Uh, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 12. That's John, chapter 12. And we want to start with verse 1. That's John, chapter 12, verse 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethlehem, where Lazarus was with... Boy, I'm trying to get used to these. I got one eye that's been, had surgery, you know, and it's... I'm glad they're all straightened out. Uh, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, which had been... Boy... I picked the wrong set of glasses today. I had two and I picked up the wrong one. I'm sorry. Whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a, a supper. And Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of ointment, pound of, ointment of spikenard. Very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the, of the ointment. Well, we see here three things. Um, it starts out the Lord having supper at friends', at friends homes. And, and it's the night before he makes the triumphant uh, uh, entry into Jerusalem. Uh, we see here there are three attributes that that as we as Christians, believers, must possess uh, to be uh, able to walk a stronger walk with God. One, the first one is that we see what, what did Martha do? Verse 2. Somebody say it. Okay, what... Uh, there we go. She what? And Martha what? Served. This is one of the attributes that we need to have as believers. Martha served without being asked. So, 
prepare to put, I would say, you know, uh, we're talking uh, what took place in those days, and they didn't have, quote, shoes like we have. They had sandals. So prepare for your sandals to be ran over this morning. <laughs> Moths to serve without being asked. The question is, how often do you volunteer yourself to serve? How often do you volunteer yourself to serve? Next question. Do you avoid the opportunity that comes your way to serve? These are hard questions, aren't they? Too tired or too busy? Well, just call on me if you really need me. If needed. Uh, we live only one life. We can't be deceived and fall short of the glory of what God has called us to do. So he, he's calling us to serve. And it's time for some of us to step up and volunteer. There's people here that wear two or three, what they say, wear two or three hats. They're doing one or two. Some of us need to start to pick up the slack. Told you it'd be hard this morning. Okay. Let's continue. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. In other words, where was Lazarus? He was sitting with Jesus. And that must mean they were, must have been communicating. So they, the second thing that we need to do is, uh, besides serve, we need to communicate with the Lord. Lazarus showed true friendship and fellowship. Lazarus took time to become intimate, to understand, to hear, and learn, and also share in life's blessings. We need to do that. Developing a real, real relationship takes time and effort on both parties to gain respect, trust, and feel comfortable in each other's presence. So the more you commune with God, the, the, the better you feel about it, to get in His presence, you know. Okay. Then we go to verse 3. And Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. So what, what we see here is worship. Serve Communicate uh, to communicate and now worship. Mary did not allow the cares of the world to strip her of her worship. Worship draws God's attention. If you notice what happens, if you read the rest of it, um, worship draws attention, God's attention. It draws God's favor. Look what happened as you read there. God's love, God's mercy, and God's ability. When you worship, worship is a leading factor in a believer's life. So some of us need to get more acquainted with the Lord in the aspect of worship and praise. I mean, uh, he said there that uh, the anointing there, that, that worship would be known throughout the world. So, hey, some of us need to Bend a little bit and not be, you know, 
If you don't bend, you break. Uh, some people, uh, it says in the last days there, every knee shall bow. That means some people are being broken. We need, we need to learn to bow. Okay, we need to worship. All three are valuable in our spiritual walk. Okay. Without these three, we will come up short in our development of spiritual maturity. We need all these three again. What's the first one? Second one is? Communicate. And third one? We need that. We need all three of those. So highlight those. If you're taking notes, highlight those. Okay. We need to be flexible, yet focus to develop in each area as it relates to us. Some of, some of us have better communication skills than others with the Lord. But our worship is a little bit, you know, sloppy. Hello. Or, <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> and some of us are, are, are doing good at worship and, and communication, but boy, our service is terrible. Uh, so there needs to be some volunteers out there in each category. So I'm, I'm expecting that people are going to volunteer and say, you know, I know there's an opening here or, or someone is being pressed. They need a relief. I like to do it. And everyone said. <laughs> the only ones I heard say that was the workers. Come on! <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's continue on. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get something else out of this. Okay, now let's uh, drop down to uh, verse 12. See, they had that, that evening uh, supper, and we learned something about supper. Now let's go to verse 12. And on the next day, much people that were come to the feast, that they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, thereupon sat, as it is written, uh, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on ass's colt. These things understood not the disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered these things and were written of, the, of him, that, that they had done these things unto him. So, uh, Jesus enters into Jerusalem, and there's crowds. They found out he was going to be there. And uh, they took palm branches um, and m greeted him with the cries of Hosanna. Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Um, this was an acknowledgement of power as well as a petition. This what they were saying. Blessed Hosanna. It was a prayer for deliverance. Because they were looking for a deliverer. Hosanna in the highest refers to the one who angels on high acknowledge and call upon. These actions and words were bestowed to honor on his coming to Jerusalem. Now, they were expecting, the Jews were expecting the king to deliver them all right because they were under Roman power. Well, that's not what he came for. Came to remove the power of sin in our lives, but they didn't. They didn't understand that, and, 
And luckily, we have references and all that that uh, takes care of it. Uh, if you'll turn with me to disease section of your Bible. It's just a little before um, Malachi, the three M's. We go to Zechariah chapter 9. And we read, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a coat of a foal of an ass. So there it is. He came exactly as predicted or prophesied. Uh, glory to God. And the significance of palm branches. Let's go to, to the book of Leviticus. Just going to look at a few interesting things. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. And looking at verse 40, that's 2340, Leviticus 2340. And ye shall take on take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of thick trees and willows of the brooks, and ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. So the uh, palm trees signify rejoicing. So people were seeing Hosanna and they were rejoicing with these palms. So that's, that's a good, great symbol. Uh, something that uh, some of us should uh, maybe not pick up uh, palm trees, but we need to rejoice. Let's go to Psalms 118. That's Psalms 118. Okay, we can go to uh, verse 20, uh, 23. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save, save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, beseech thee and send prosperity. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. So these people are coming out. Blessing. We need to come in and go out. Rejoicing and blessing. Receive your blessing. Amen. As you come in and go out. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't be a sad sack. <laughs> you know. yeah. you know, sad sack is a cartoon that was uh, made in uh, World War II, around World War II. Okay. Let's go now to the book of Luke chapter 19. That's Luke chapter 19. And some Pharisees says, you can't, spoke to Jesus, hey, you can't have these people saying, Hosanna. Blesses the king. But uh, look what Jesus says. That's Luke chapter 19. Verse 
And we want to go up to verse 38. Saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke the disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. This was Jesus' time. Stone, I mean, <laughs> we know that trees do what? Clap their hands. Stones can cry out. You know, there was a song, uh, early 70s, before the rocks cry out, I just have to praise him. Just have to praise him before the rocks cry out. Amen. It's a, I don't know if I have that someplace. I might have that song someplace. Well, maybe if I can find it, we'll play it for you. It's really, uh, sobering thought before the rocks cry out. Okay. If the people had not responded in praise, the very stones themselves would cry out. When Jesus entered, the whole city erupted with excitement. I mean, there was a, here comes the king. We're going to be delivered. The Romans will no longer be under Roman bondage. <laughs> That's not what took place. Um, and, of course, six days later, within five days later, they were not saying Hosanna any longer, but crucify him. How often is, I'll put this, put it, uh, uh, for believers, how often is it that we ask God for something, and it doesn't show up, and we are just almost like cursing. Wow, it never happened. Yeah, we complain to another Christian or, or somebody else. This thing, this thing, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed to God day and night. And we just complain about it because what we asked for didn't take place. Well, it didn't happen with the, the Jews. They wanted to deliver. They wanted to be delivered out of the bondage of the Roman Empire. They want to be a free people. They want to be a free nation again. But it didn't happen that way. Glory to God. Jesus removed the bonds of Satan from us. And one day soon the Jews will recognize that Jesus is Lord, that he came and was crucified. They'll, they'll see some of the scriptures that we looked at already and say, they were right. He came already. He's coming. And they're looking forward to a Messiah now. That's why they're building the, uh, all the, well, they have the red, they do have the red heifer. That's the cow that they have to, to um, they'll slay and they'll burn, the, burn its ashes and then they can take the ashes and sprinkle it over all the utensils to make it uh, uh, sanctified and holy. So they have the red heifer. They have a number of red heifers. They do have uh, some of the, uh, the priest garments already made. Uh, a lot of the utensils that are made. So they're preparing. Amen. So glory to God. Amen. When they're preparing, that means the Lord's coming. And of course, we know he says, uh, when you see these signs, know that that generation shall not pass away. We are that generation. 
Just hang in there. Okay. Okay. When Jesus rides upon a donkey, a horse stands for war. Okay. That's what the people wanted. A warrior take on Rome. To break the yoke of the Roman power on but Jesus uh, rode a donkey, which symbolizes meekness and peace. And then only uh, a few hours after Jesus rode into Jerusalem, uh, that uh, let's go to the book of Matthew right now, Matthew 23. I mean, you, here, you know, Jesus is... Being honored, you know, as he rides in, but not too much longer than that. He begins to weep. That's Matthew chapter 23. Look at verse 37, Jesus speaking. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stones them which are sent unto thee. How often I would have gathered uh, thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under the wings, and ye would not. Okay, let's, let's go back to uh, Luke 19. I think that's where I got this part. Uh, that's Luke 19, 41. That's Luke 19, 41 and 42. And he answered, said, I tell you this, that if these should hold their peace, the rocks would uh, cry out immediately. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it, knowing that what was going to take place. Okay, now I want to, let's return to the book of John. And we want to go to the 13th chapter now. Kind of just looking at a few things that uh, have taken well, that had taken place during the passion, passion what we call the Passion Week. That's uh, John thirteen verse one. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus has complete control here. Uh, he know it says his hour has come. Uh, the Passover meal, it, it was, we find out, will be performed. Afterwards, um, Jesus, having loved his own, now washes the disciples' feet here. Um, he loved them unto the end. Love is, above all, the gift of oneself. Okay? This is a love that uh, can be counted on. Let's go to verse 2. And the supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. The enemy will come to ruin any fellowship with any type of treachery, okay? 
Judas already had determined to uh, betray Jesus. Um, see, the devil can, cannot destroy the works of God, but he often tries to muddle it or divert it, okay? He can't destroy God's work, but he can try to muddle it or divert it, you know, that we can't see. Going to verse 4 and 5. Um, let's just mark, go ahead and verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all these things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and lays aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Okay, Jesus takes, gets, uh, takes off his outer garments and took a towel and girded himself and performs a menial task of, uh, of a servant. Okay, uh, Notice, he had 12 disciples there. None of the disciples volunteered. for such a task because it would be meaningless, you know. It, it showed that they were inferior to the other ones. Why should I wash your feet? You know, I, you wash my feet, you know, that type of thing. That, that type of thing, you know. But Jesus uh, performs the task of washing the disciples' feet. Now, you wonder what's going through their mind. Okay, foot washing was... Done in those days because they, like I said, they wore sandals and some went barefooted. Dusty roads, sweaty feet, goop they step on. I mean, you know, they didn't have street sweepers. You know, you're falling behind a, uh, a camel or a other animals. <laughs> Um, let, let, me, let me kind of put it this way. When I, I had the opportunity to go to Guatemala uh, in 1980. Uh, and it was a rainy season. So, uh, we got to, to the place that we were going to minister at in Guatemala. Nice little village, you know, they got, you know, had all these wild colors painted all over the place. You know, the houses were painted all over. I said, wow, this is pretty neat, you know. Got up the next morning. You know. Stepped outside and the street was filthy. Everybody threw their trash and excrements out in the street. So, wow, what happened? Well, luckily, like I said, it was their rainy season. Storm, you know, it started raining and everything was just washed down the street into the lake. And then, then, unfortunately, that's where the ladies would wash their clothes. That's where they pick up their, wa they pick up their water for their, their cooking. You know? uh, the death rate in Guatemala for, for small children, I don't know if it's still the same, but uh, was high because of the infestation, you know, uncleanliness. 
well, same thing. I mean, you're walking out on the streets. Some stuff you can't avoid. Guess what happens to your feet? Jesus is washing dirty feet. Okay. Um, it was expected if you went to, if you were a guest at someone's house, it was expected that someone would provide, that the guest would provide a slave to wash the guest's feet. Um, Jesus performed this ser uh, service. Serving others is a characteristic of Jesus' ministry. Serving others is a characteristic of Jesus' ministry. And we are, what, disciples? We follow the Master's way of doing things. Um, turn with me just a moment to Matthew chapter 20. Verse 28, Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life for a ransom for many. Of course, uh, you know, going back here to chapter 13 of John. Looking at verse 6. Then cometh he, Jesus, to Simon Peter and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost not wash my feet. Or is that, in other words, no, you're not washing my feet. No. no he's, or you'll never wash my feet. But um, Peter's missed, uh, you know, uh, the uh, spiritual lesson that's being taught. The, that if we are a servant, we need to be a servant to all. Okay. Uh, Jesus radically shifted the world's paradigm to of greatness. Uh, that he showed that greatness is found to be humble in spirit, to have a humble service, not an arrogant rule. Each of the disciples must have something that endured the him, them to Jesus. Okay, we are not called to serve only those that who are like us, or even those who care for us. We're called to serve all people, the lovely and the unlovely, the friendly and the not so friendly. Amen. What was the first thing that, that uh, Martha did? Served. You know, and we, you know, we talk about Martha, uh, you know, one, one area there in Scripture where it says, uh, Jesus says, you know, Mary comes to it and says, you know, uh, this Martha comes to Jesus and says, Mary's not doing anything. You know, but Jesus says, you know, she's getting the better. But in this area, we're looking at, you, we have to be servants. We're not high and above, okay? This is what we need to glean in this area. Uh, Jesus' death on the cross exposed our sin, provided forgiveness, and calls for a life of commitment. We need to be committed. Anything less than taking up the cross 
in serving him is a shallow allegiance. You say, oh, you know, I'm a Christian, but, you know, why don't you do that? No, I can't do that. You know, it's beyond my dignity to do something like that. How many? Hello. Though this showed Jesus, through this, Jesus showed us how we need to serve. How do we need to serve? How to conquer pride. You know, it's, it's difficult to stand on a pedestal and wash somebody else's feet. You know, you're up here and say, you know, I'll wash your feet. It's, it's, it's no, no good that way. Uh, Jesus knew who would betray him. He would be betrayed by one of his disciples. He was disown, uh, disowned by another, speaking of Peter, and deserted by all at one time. Still, he showed them his extreme love by washing everyone's feet. Even Judas's feet. He stooped down to wash Judas's feet. Wow. I, we, the author who wrote this, I'm going to read something that someone wrote, uh, is unknown. It goes like this. He who is the bread of life began his ministry hungering. You remember that? He was sent out into the wilderness. Okay. He who began his ministry hungering. He who is the water of life ended his ministry thirsting. Christ hungered as a man, yet he fed the hungry as God. He was weary, yet he is our rest. He paid taxes, yet he was the king. He was called a devil, but cast out demons. He prayed, yet he hears prayers. He wept, but he dries our tears. He was sold for 30 pieces of, sinner, uh, of silver, Yet he redeemed sinners. He was led as a lamb to slaughter. Yet he is the good shepherd. He gave his life. And by dying he destroyed death. The keys of his kingdom is not revolution. But repentance. A turning away from the world of self and the devil and following him, Jesus. Amen. Wow, that, that's perfect timing. How about that? We'll pick up on that next week a little bit. That's, that's the Passover. Beginning of the Passover week. Uh, what are the three things that we need to do? I'm going to hit you again on this one. Okay. And 
each and every one of us need to sharpen up our areas. Some of us are not doing our share. You're not singing loud enough. <laughs> You're not dancing enough. You're not volunteering enough. Okay. We're going, I see we're... We'll see all those volunteers this coming Saturday, huh? <laughs> Not to put pressure on you. <laughs> he did... They had the, the communion table, Passover, and uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, once again, Paul says, For I have received the Lord, which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this and do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is in the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So that's what we will do. This symbolizes what, uh, what led to the cross. His body and his blood. He gave us his all. So if I could have my assistants come up, we will... That God so loved us that he would give his life for us. He took on the torment that we should have endured. His body was beaten, bruised, stripes upon his back. that we would not endure the ravages of Satan's wrath upon us. So Father, we, as we take this bread, recalling Father God, Jesus taking the stripes, taking sickness and disease from us. That we can live free of it because of, it, of that which he took on his body. We receive it now in Jesus' name. The cup symbolizes 
a new testament, new life. We've been washed in the blood. Forever set free. We are all, we owe our all to Jesus. We receive this cup in remembrance of what he did. We've been adopted into the family of God. We are no longer strangers to the blessings. We receive that blessing now. Thank you, Lord. And your prayers this coming week just hold up um, Israel that they'll that our president will not have his way. Um, if you want to have more information on it, you can go to. Uh, on your iPads or your computers and look up uh, Israel Now News and it will give you exactly what's going on. Uh, we just can't have that. So let's all stand. You are blessed. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for all that Jesus endured, Father God, in order to set us free, to bring us into the family of God. Thank you, Lord, for his blood, which washes all sin away, Father God, that we've been cleansed. May we celebrate each and every day, Father God, in the freedom that we have by sharing the good news, Father God, to those that we come in contact with. We thank you again, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.